Join me as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today we're continuing our sermon series, A Faithful Presence, where we're exploring together uh, what it would look like for us to extend the faithful presence of God to the world around us. So today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Would you join me as we pray and read God's word together? Lord, we thank you for, uh, for your word written to us. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. And we ask that, that right now as we uh, read your scripture, Lord, that we would know you speaking to us, that we would know you guiding, directing, uh, pastoring us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled with the land, through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Marah. At the time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and de dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Abram, who later would be called Abraham, um, he was called by the Lord to a, a specific place, to a land. And this land was promised to be the dwelling place of Abraham's family, of his descendants. A land that God had shown him. And the borders of this land, uh, the, the beautiful thing about this story is the borders of this promised land um, weren't limited to just the space that, that Abraham saw. But the promise that God gave to Abraham was that, that through him and through his family, all nations of the earth would be blessed. All families on earth would be blessed. And so we see here and elsewhere in scripture that that God was longing to bless the entire world and that the, the location of his presence, uh, God promised that his presence would be with Israel, would be with this, this unique people in a unique land. But the reality is that, that God's presence was always meant to expand far beyond the confines of one location to encompass all of the earth. Psalm 2, verse 8, uh, God gives this promise. 
says, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. That all of the earth was meant to be the inheritance of Jesus, meant to be the place where he rules and reigns. And Jesus was enthroned through his death and his resurrection. And this promise was fulfilled that, that all of the earth would come under the good and gracious reign of Jesus Christ. That his kingdom, that his presence, his dwelling place would be with the entire world. We see this as Jesus gives instructions to his, his followers to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We see this, this expansive growth of Jesus' presence in the world, that it's not just limited to one space, um, but his, his rule and reign would encompass the world. And, and everywhere that, that God sent his people, everywhere that God sent his, his followers would become now a new location for the presence of God in the world. Palestinian Christian Munther Isaac writes about this reality and says that, that as the church takes responsibility for where we live, where we're planted, our location becomes a potential new holy land, that our location becomes a potential new holy place. Any land can become a holy land, and the church now has the divine task of bringing what once only the temple and holy land held, the presence of God, into all the nations. And so the church has this task of bringing the reality of God's kingdom and his reign with us wherever we go. As we care for our neighbors and the immigrants among us, as we live out the kingdom values of righteousness and justice in a particular place, a particular land where God has planted us, all of our activity, all of, of, of our community activity becomes a sacred space where God can be encountered by the people who we encounter. We as a church get to represent God to our community and represent our community back to God. Abraham's descendants were planted in Israel to be a faithful presence to the world through that land. And the early followers of Jesus were planted in villages and cities around the known world to be a faithful presence. Where has God planted you to be a faithful presence? The, the author David Fitch writes about this when he, uh, when he wrote that, that following Jesus happens in a place, uh, that we're grounded and rooted in, in a physical world, that we don't just follow Jesus mentally, but we follow him in, in an actual place in the real world. Um, that we follow him in our homes and in our work, in the grocery store parking lot, in the playground with our kids, um, mowing our lawns, eating around our table, that we follow Jesus in the real world, in a place that he has planted us to be his faithful presence. And so this week, we're going to get super practical. Uh, we're going to explore a tool together that was developed uh, to help churches who are seeking to be a, a faithful presence in their neighborhoods, to be a faithful presence where they're planted. 
seeking to be agents of God's transforming, life-giving presence. And so this tool is, is a roadmap. Um, a roadmap as we seek to be faithfully present. And first on the roadmap um, is, is a parish. If you're not familiar with this, with this word or with this idea, um, maybe if you've watched British TV shows, it might seem somewhat familiar, but the idea of a parish is a, a small geographic location. Um, and usually within this parish, there would be a, a single church um, and the parish was the, the neighborhood or the boundaries um, that this church had a pastoral responsibility for. And whether or not those people ever stepped foot into the church to worship on a Sunday, uh, the church was responsible to care for and to love this community, this parish. And, and so to, for us this morning, as we um, explore together what it would look like for us to be a faithful presence, the first thing that I want us to think about is adopting this same kind of parish mindset that we would see uh, the, the location that God has planted us in and that we would begin to feel a sense of pastoral responsibility for this location and for the people who live here. San Diego is, is a big city. It's a, a city of over one and a half million people. It's a city of over 342 square miles, 40 miles from top to bottom. This is a big location. It's, it would be a daunting task for anyone to, to think of um, being faithfully present to this large of a geographic location. So instead, I want us to, to think of, of a smaller space a smaller uh, geographic boundary that we could begin to feel connected to and planted in, uh, a smaller space that we would begin to, to set down roots in and focus our, our attention on. It would, might be the, the neighborhood that you live in. Um, would you begin to think about what is a reasonable location around you that you could feel a sense of, of belonging to and responsibility for? Uh, for, for me, my parish is, is here in Sarah Mesa and part, parts of Mission Valley. And this is the, the area that I try to, to become a regular in that I'm regularly walking the neighborhood, that I'm becoming a regular at the, the local bakery, a regular at the grocery store down the hill, a regular at the park just down the street, that my parish is this, this small geographic location where I am putting down deep roots. This, having this parish mindset help us, helps us to focus on a, a reasonable, sized area. It helps us to feel connected and responsible to a particular people. An idea that, that these are my people. This is who I, I belong to and belong with. And that we're, we're faithfully present and not just passing through. But that this is a place that, that as long as the Lord has us here, that, that we would uh, get to know and live in and feel a sense of belonging that over time, this place's joys and pains would become our joys and pains, that we would look for people in our parish who we can partner with, um, organizations that we can partner with, 
other Christians in our neighborhood, in our parish that we can partner with to be a faithful expression of God's presence to our neighborhood. So where is your parish? Begin to think about that this week. Where are, where are the boundaries, um, not boundaries that would keep you from, from being responsible for anyone outside it, but boundaries that just help us to focus our attention on a geographic area. Where is your parish? And next up um, on this, this map, uh, this map of our parish are three locations for us to think about. Three locations for us to, to be able to think of, of making relational connections. And the first up is our porch. Uh, the porch represents where you live, but it also represents hospitality. When I grew up in the South, it seemed like almost every home had a, a big front porch and people would treat their front porch as an extension of their living room. And they would have uh, rocking chairs and porch swings and pillows and, um, and decoration, and they would sit on their porch in the afternoon or evening and say hello to the people who walked by and invite people to come sit with them on the porch and have a drink of sweet tea. The, the idea behind a porch is that it's a, it's a place of, of welcome, a place where we can be present to our neighborhood and we can invite our neighborhood to come be present with us. Being present uh, through this idea of a porch is, is moving from the, the backyard to the front yard, moving from a place of, of isolation and retreat in our home to to being out in front so that we can meet and know the people that God has placed around us. That we would begin to see um, our homes as places of sacred hospitality. So how can we use our, our front porch or your front stoop or your driveway or your front lawn, um, your barbecue or the common area of your apartment complex? How can you begin to use those spaces to be a place of welcome to the people around you? Uh, maybe it's through block parties or a barbecue. Maybe it's through eventually when things begin to open up, having dinner parties in your home again, um, having s'mores in your driveway or just gardening in your front yard so that you can be um, a faithful presence in your neighborhood. Someone who's around and available and becomes a familiar face to the people around you. Begin dreaming now, um, not only of ways that you could be using um, the outdoor areas, the front porch and lawn, to, to be a welcoming, hospitable place to your neighborhood, uh, but be dreaming and imagining uh, ways that you can use your home, the inside of your home, once things open up, to once again be a place of welcoming people in, sharing a table with others so that we can get to know the people around us and faithfully express God's presence to them. 
So we have our, our parish, a reasonable sized location, um, area of our city that God has planted us in so that we're going to put down deep roots in our parish. And in our parish, we have our porch. We have a, a space to be hospitable and welcoming. And next on the map are our pathways. The paths that we take are the roads that connect different areas in our neighborhood. Our neighborhood streets, the route we take to work or to school, um, and the people that we regularly cross paths with in our comings and our goings. So how should we think about the, the pathways in our neighborhood? First, I want to ask, do we, do we try to regularly um, use the same route, to regularly walk the same paths, to drive the same streets, so that we can begin to, to notice the people and the places around us. We can begin to become familiar in the, the place that God has planted us. Begin to notice not only the people and places, but the, the beauty and the pain, the, the brokenness and the, um, the joys around us in our community. Notice the things that change in our community. I have a regular route that I like to walk in my neighborhood, and as I do, I begin um, to notice the, the elderly neighbor who lives alone. I begin to notice a family who just welcomed a new baby into their home. I begin to notice the couple who seems to really be longing for community because they're always sitting out in their front lawn um, ready to have a conversation with anyone who's willing to pause for a few moments and talk with them. And as we walk along these pathways, as we drive along the pathways, it's an opportunity for us to, to present our neighborhood, our community to the Lord in prayer, to intercede on behalf of the people who live around us. And it's an opportunity for us to, to be a people who regularly seeks the face of God on behalf of our neighbors. So we have our parish, we have our porch, we have the pathways that we walk, and finally we have uh, pivots. These are, are the places where, where all kinds of different people um, cross paths, where all kinds of different people come together. This might be coffee shops or parks, libraries, schools, um, stores, grocery stores, local bakery. These are all places that are overflowing with relational opportunities for connections. Often we think of these locations um, more in terms of, of consumption. Honestly, when we think about grocery stores and coffee shops, um, we think of places where we're consuming goods, where we're being served or where we extract something from that location. But I wonder if we couldn't begin to have a new mindset, a mindset that doesn't ask, what can I get out of this place? But a mindset that comes to these locations looking to be a blessing to others, uh, looking to be a, a regular face that other people can count on. Um, come to these locations looking for relational connection with others, to, to get to know people's names and their stories so that we can be a faithful presence of Jesus in these gathering spaces in our neighborhoods. To, to become a faithful 
a familiar face, uh, to build bridges, to, to show love, to contribute to the well-being of our community. And so, are you a regular anywhere? Are there uh, pivot locations in your neighborhood that, that you are a regular? And if not, where are the, the gathering spaces in your neighborhood and how could you begin to to change some of your daily and weekly habits so that you can become a regular there and in those places have you made introductions do you know the names of the people who serve you at the local restaurant uh, do you know the the names of the families who regularly come to your park do you know uh, the people who gather in these pivot locations and begin to, to make note of those names, begin to make note of the, the stories that you learn about people and, and simply be a faithful presence of Jesus there as you become a regular and as you look for opportunities to express the love of Jesus to those around you. And so we, we have the, the parish, we have the porch, uh, the pathways and the pivots in our neighborhoods. Uh, a simple roadmap for us to look at as we think about being a people who are faithfully present to the neighborhood around us. People who know the names of the people around us. Uh, people who pause to listen to the stories of the people around us. And, and people who seek the good, the welfare of our community. And so I'm gonna be um, posting and sending out some, some simple tools, some simple um, resources for us throughout this week that would help us to, to begin to be a faithful presence in these, these four locations. And, and finally, as we, as we close, I wanna say this, that we don't seek to be faithfully present um, in these these locations in our neighborhood because we have uh, a hero complex thinking that we can be the ones who change and transform um, our community or the lives of those in our community rather we believe so strongly that it is the gospel of jesus the good news of jesus's reign and the the presence of jesus that brings about transformation and we believe so strongly in this uh, we believe that that the way that he is seeking to transform the world is through a people a people that he has called to be his own his church and that he is uniquely present through his church to to transform the world and so this is, is who we are. This is what we were made for. And since this is who we are and, and what we were made for, let's, let's live out this destiny and let's this week begin to seek the Lord for ways that we can be a faithful presence in the community around us because Jesus is at work transforming lives and he wants to partner with us to extend his love, his presence, the, the renewing, reconciling presence of Jesus Christ to the world around us.